Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. New Vision, New Vision, covering the whole world. In 2020, a New Vision undercover journalist traveled to United Arab Emirates to investigate the realities of girls traveling to work as maids in Dubai. This time, New Vision got another undercover journalist to go through a licensed company and find out if regulations apply. The project, which took more than a year, reveals hallowing experiences of girls in detention camps in the center of Kampala, unacceptable mistreatment, violation of human rights, corruption, sex and drugs are going on under the nose of civil leaders and security organizations. We now bring you this series. Download the podcast episodes on Vision Digital Experience app on Play Store and App Store. Episode 6 In December, four months since I joined the hostel, the matron sent girls to the store for posho and beans. On their way back, they met Ahmed, who asked them where they were taking the food. He then followed them to the hostel and began fuming that there were many girls who were not supposed to be at the hostel. He read a list of 28 girls who, he said, were supposed to be in the hostel. Yet, we were 77 who were already available then. He said the rest should go and ordered no food for those who were not on the list. For the first time, I had Matron Brenda complain against her boss. This man is wicked. Girls have been here for over five months waiting. Where is he chasing them to go? Every Arab at the office gives us orders, so I don't know who to listen to. I am tired of being harassed. Girls are being harassed too, being tossed around. Brenda said, The girls who were forced to go home refused and camped at the office. Ahmed said Zion had been committed to look after any number of girls, however big it is, but this time, complaints about food have been many and sometimes the company runs bankrupt. Most of the companies do not rehabilitate girls for months. They wait till the last day and call in the girls to travel after a sleepover of about two to three days. But for him... He gives us an opportunity to mingle at his expense and we misuse it. It was baffling to hear that Ahmed thought he was doing us a favor, crowding us in a filthy place, underfeeding us and keeping us in suspense. Ahmed said the office signed contracts on behalf of the domestic workers, sends name for approval in the Ministry of Labor and lastly to Saudi Arabia Embassy for visas. That, sometimes... Things don't work as planned. Air tickets may change. Sometimes they have to wait for money from the director in Saudi and other times the orders change. Did you know I was swindled 120 million shillings from the Ministry of Labor in regard to approvals? And this is the second time? That is why booking flights becomes hard without money. That is why girls take long to travel, he revealed. Ahmed had also said that we, who were brought by Richard, should also leave the hostel because whenever there was a pregnancy in the traveling group, it was one of the girls brought by Richard. They explained that the company loses money whenever a girl was blocked from traveling 
all returned after traveling for being pregnant. Most of those girls accused the gatekeeper, called Joel, of impregnating them. But Joel pleaded innocent, saying he was living with his fiance at the hostel. The new Arab boss, Feraz, fired the gatekeeper and the matron, saying he would cook for the girls himself. However, the same man, Feraz, was said to be the one sleeping with some of the girls. There was an open rumor that one of the girls who traveled to Saudi Arabia was later returned for being pregnant was his known girlfriend. It was said that as soon as Feraz joined the company, the two started being an item. But when the girls return, they fear to name the bosses because they have whores for care and blame the gate man. Feraz replaced Joel with a woman guard for the day and another man for the night. He told us the two have orders to shoot whoever escapes the hostel. Matron Brenda said she was relieved because the job was stressful. I was tired of being used, humiliated by Feraz. I cannot keep working with him. He is so inhuman, arrogant, and whenever he comes to the hostel, my pressure rises. When I asked Ahmed to talk to him, he told me to decide to either work with him or go. Even if he hadn't sucked me, I was preparing to go. She noted. The agents who looked for girls to externalize as labor were like brokers. They fought for their cut as if they owned you. My agent was one who brought me to Zion, run by Ahmed. But Ahmed used to be an agent too before he came to manage Riyadh's company Zion. Agents got girls and brought them to Ahmed, who then handed them over to Riyadh, who was in Saudi Arabia. Ahmed used to have his own recruitment agency called Vasin with a friend, a Ugandan of ample size indeed, called Mango. Ahmed left Vasin with Mango and started working for Riyadh in Zion. In fact, Mango would bring his own girls from Vasin to Zion for recruitment and sometimes when Mango had orders he would not satisfy, he came to Ahmed for some girls at a fee. But... I think they had their own business rivalry. That time when I had abandoned Zion to travel with Mega and failed nevertheless, I asked Ahmed to introduce me to Mango because girls in Vasin were not delaying long before traveling to Saudi. Ahmed told me that Mango wasn't a good person. He said, While it was true that her girls travel fast to Riyadh, Mango deals with fake people who first take girls to Saudi before they procure employment. While there, the girls suffer hunger, imprisonment and lack of basics as they wait for jobs and such waits, he said, could be forever. He said many of his girls escape and end up in prostitution on the streets. There was no way I could verify this. One time, Mango confiscated passports belonging to Zion girls because Ahmed owed him money. When the news leaked, most likely by Mango himself, 
The girls got outraged and protested at Ahmed's office. They went to office to call in police and Ahmed panicked. He looked for money and paid Mango. Another time, on January 24th, Firas came to the hostel and chased away girls who did not know English. He claimed that Majid ordered him to send them away for those two weeks so that they can first learn English before they return. The girls refused to go and instead called their agent who brought them to Zion. The agent turned up immediately and began to exchange with Firaz. In that exchange, a scuffle ensued in which Majid slapped the agent. That started a real man-to-man fight in which Majid was beaten, his shirt torn and his mouth bleeding. We cheered our own Ugandan against the Arab. In panic, Faraz called the police who rushed in from the nearby Tuba station. The agent was accusing the Arabs of mistreating and refusing to pay them. In the meantime, Ahmed did not intervene. Police too did not arrest anyone of question the realities of the hostel. This was an indication that they knew the realities of the hostel. One of the staff members claimed that the same officer in charge is paid a weekly salary by Ahmed. That is why police at Tuba seems to protect the interests of the Arabs. In February, about four girls were found pregnant during the pre-departure medical by the office nuns. It was later alleged that they were forced to abort after being threatened to refund the company's money. One of the victims disclosed to a friend that she was forced to terminate her pregnancy for fear of refunding money she did not have and to avoid embarrassments from people around her. She had confided in me that to come to the hostel, she ran away from her husband's place and had nowhere else to go if they chased us away. We all suspected a man who used to bring her milk every evening at the hostel for free. We all picked interest in the man when she issued a warning to other girls not to get close to her milkman. When some girls investigated, they discovered that the man wasn't a rich man of the area. He was just a milk delivery man. I am not sure if it is the milkman who helped her get rid of the pregnancy, but she stayed around Kulambido. After the abortion... She returned after a week for a checkup to resume her travel. But Kristen, one of the staff, reportedly refused to register her, saying she hadn't recovered well and so she would not travel. The girl ran mad and raised dust. She threatened to report the matter to police and she was hurriedly registered. Another girl who was said to be in a relationship with Feraz left Uganda while pregnant. She had been asked to carry out an abortion and she didn't. She was deported after a month. On February 24th, about 10 girls were cleared to travel to Saudi Arabia. But while at the airport, a few were detained and their travel documents questioned. It is said that six girls were blocked because their names were missing in the computer system at the airport as travelers. The Ministry of Gender sends a list of verified girls who are traveling on that particular day to the airport. 
the six girls were missing on that list. Whoever is not on that list is assumed to be a victim of trafficking. Ashraf alleged that he paid some bribe to the airport authorities before the girls could be released. Upon their release, they were driven to the office and given some money with a plea not to share what had happened with anyone. But such events are difficult to keep mum about. However, it was said that Ashraf either didn't see all the airport authorities or he failed to complete his pledge. The following day, airport officers stormed Zion offices to find out whether the company was genuine or trafficking girls to Saudi Arabia. One of the girls who was at the office at the time confirmed the officer's raid. The Askari was ordered to ensure that nobody records the event on their phone cameras. In the process, he confiscated some of the phones from those who had started recording. We heard that the ministry asked for proof that the girls were being pending travel were trained through the relevant procedures. According to Shamim, one of the staff, Zion had submitted a list of 261 girls to the ministry for approval claiming that everyone had been trained. I was one of them. The interception of girls at the airport and the raid on the promises prompted Riyad, the owner of Zion, the recruitment company to travel from Saudi to Uganda. We were told that the Ministry of Gender was threatening to cancel Zion license and he came to return sanity to his business. We were also told that a lot of money was exchanged in the process. One of the things agreed upon the ministry officials was that Zion starts taking its girls through a training procedure which was instituted by the ministry to train girls on handling elite household chores, Arab courtesy, how to operate kitchen machines and a few Arab words. On March 9th at around 10 p.m., Shamim sent me a WhatsApp message calling me for training the following day. I had even left the hostel briefly to check on my family. The message directed me to be at the company as early as 9 a.m. for the first shift to the training. All the girls who received that message were told that anyone who missed wouldn't be approved for travel because it was a requirement by the ministry. We were told to pack two dresses, pads and knickers because the training was to last two weeks. On completion, we were to proceed to Saudi Arabia. That was good news for me at last. I was tired of the frustrating wait as I saw girls leave us to go. I was also tired of the project which had now taken me eight months still without traveling. On March 10th at around 10 a.m., I was at the office in Tubakulambido. Few girls had gathered with their backpacks packed. We registered on arrival but had to wait for an hour before the Costa mini bus arrived to take us. We were asked to register again on a sheet to be taken in the first shift. I asked Ashraf how long we would be there. He firmly said only three days. That it was a matter of getting that certificate for final approvals for traveling girls, he said. True. Sure. Finally, I was on the traveling list. Tomorrow, training for Saudi life.